Oh, baby, we got a special one for you today, everybody, and thank you for joining us for the Wednesday episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. The NHL rumor mill and off-season news mill is starting to turn, and we got to break it all down for you, including a trade in the NHL, what does this Ivan Provorov news mean for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and of course, a special guest looking at the New York Islanders. Let's get right to it. Your Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back inside the lab to your source for fantasy hockey news. It's the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host, Mr. Steele Roden. It's your boy, Big Flip Livingstone. And thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We are going to continue to break down everything you need to know from the Stanley Cup on tomorrow's episode. But on today's episode, my friends, we're breaking down the NHL trade today between the Kings, Flyers, and Blue Jackets. But of course, we got to bring on Mr. Gil Martin of the Locked On Islanders to talk about this Islanders situation while we continue to break down every single team in the NHL this offseason steal. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you enter promo code locked on NHL, they're going to throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every single order steal. I got it all out of the way. I think I got it all covered today. That was a mouthful, but this is some really exciting news because now, you know, we've been grinding and out. We've been taking a look at this Stanley cup final night in and night out. There is some big news coming out of the NHL, the Philadelphia flyers making yeah. some noise. Hit me with your take on this Provorov situation, and then we'll quickly dive into Carter Hart is going to be in another city very soon, Steele, and this is going to mean big things for that team and his fantasy value. Yeah, Daniel Briere is not holding back this offseason. You know, you don't mm -hmm. typically see trades happen during the Stanley Cup Finals or during the postseason, mm -hmm. but Briere doesn't care whatsoever. He, he needs to make a mark now, and he's making a few changes already. Obviously, the big one uh, that's or the only one that's already happened, three-team deal, Ivan Provorov to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Philadelphia gets in return a first-round pick from 2023. I think that's a 22nd overall pick in the first round, as well as a conditional 2024 second-round mm -hmm. pick. So they get a couple of picks back for Provorov, and then including in the same deal, the three-team deal, with the Los Angeles Kings included, 30% retained on Provorov. They get Kevin Connaughton and Hayden Hodgins, and then Philadelphia Flyers get Helgi Grains, a second-round pick, Cal Peterson and Sean mm. Walker. So, Interesting. You know, a, a decent a decent goaltender who has struggled the last few years but has mm -hmm. proven that he can play in the NHL at times. Yep. And Sean Walker, very decent defenseman. From Serviceable. The so they get picks. They get a couple of D-men in return, yep. a goaltender. Uh, they ship Ivan Provorov. And Provorov is one of those guys that, mm. you know, consistently puts up 35 points a year he gets 150 blocks 60 to 70 hits doesn't get a ton of shots on net around 100 shots per year but right. he's a serviceable defenseman if you need to fill your lineup roster with a you know if the guy goes down to injury or you have a defenseman who's just not playing well he's a guy mm. that is interchangeable throughout the season I'm not sure if he's a draftable guy but right. he is serviceable throughout the year 
And the interesting thing is last year for him was a bit of an outlier. You mentioned the shots down to 115, but before that, 170, 150, 203. Um, He does bring some peripherals. The points were down last year. But to me, this is a trade where, aside from Sean Walker and the prospects, with Provorov and Peterson, Peterson, it's a, a case of guys who need a change of scenery. Yes. And I think potentially we might see both of these guys value bounce back. Am I saying Cal Peterson going to the Philadelphia goalie graveyard is a guy that you want to grab? Maybe not, but he is going to get a look to be the guy in that cage steal. Provorov might get a bump in some value playing with a very offensive minded team at times in Columbus. We know that they can score goals when they're healthy. A lot of little interesting things going on with the Columbus Blue Jackets, at least fantasy-wise steel that we yeah. want to pay attention to. That Metro is still full of killers. I don't think I'm ready to write them in as a playoff bubble team. But Provorov's value, let's keep an eye on it. Peterson's value, let's keep an eye on it. But what it indicates to me, Steele, is Carter Hart might be on his way out. And I'm not the only yeah. one. We are not the only ones thinking that. We got... David Pagnotta, we got guys across the league really indicating it, Steel. Carter Hart, 22 wins last year, 23 losses. More importantly, 907 save percentage and a 2.94 goals against. He proved last year that he can be much better. He proved that he can be that second-round draft pick that we thought was going to be pretty good fantasy option, Steel. And I think if he moves to the team that I keep hearing, the Edmonton Oilers, oh my goodness, we got to take a look at this right away. That would be very deadly in the Western Conference for Carter Hart. And I think Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl would be very happy with that move if they can land a guy like Carter Hart. Played out West during his junior career. Yeah, that's a little hard. He's an Alberta boy. You've got Jack Campbell, the five year or four years left now, five year, five million gonna, per yeah, year. I'm just speculating, just speculating. speculation for sure. That would be phenomenal too. But you know, you, when you look at the numbers from mm. his first two years to the last two years, mm. Just completely different. And a lot of that blame doesn't even fall on Carter Hart himself. The team was poorly managed. I told, I've been saying this time and time again. I'm going down the John Tortorella rabbit hole here. He Uh-oh. is Uh-oh. toxic towards the dressing room. He takes the passion and the soul out of his players. The hard team, for a young goalie. Yeah, it's hard for a young goalie. It's hard for their young guys up top. You know, we, mm. we talked a lot this year um, about their forward group who just haven't been producing as much as they can be again the team just isn't really great right now but if carter hart were to be moved he becomes a very very hot commodity in the fantasy i would agree because even as is with the philadelphia flyers he was a top 15 goaltender for fantasy points this past season he was actually 13th best goaltender for fantasy points there you go that's that's ahead of guys like flurry markstrom bobrovsky you know even on a bad team, he's putting up the points. He's getting, he gets a few wins. He's getting the saves, a couple shutouts here and there. But mm-hmm. Carter Hart, I, I think if he can move a you know change of scenery, it that it just opens the door wide open for him. And, and I think that would be best for both himself and the Philadelphia Flyers, who clearly just got a ton of ton in return for a guy like Ivan Provorov. Mm-hmm. Imagine what they could get in return for Carter exactly. Hart, a stud goaltender in the league. And I think that's just it, Steele. I feel like they're finally committing to a full-on break it all down, right down to the studs, get even worse, potentially. You know, it might get worse in Philly overall. And I know there was some – we love us some Noah Cates action. Owen Tippett was interesting. You know, there are some pieces there. Is Morgan Frost going to take a step? There are a lot of, like, you know, deep down the line positive things happening. But it's almost like they need to – Carter Hart's been there now. That was his fifth season. He has two good ones, two bad ones, and then last year bounces back. 
I think it's almost like a changing of the guard. You're going to get a good haul for Carter Hart, load the board with picks and prospects, throw in there a couple of vets and see what you can get done. What we're going to get done right after the break is we're going to get to Mr. Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. We're going to continue our breakdown of every single team in the NHL for you this offseason. Fantasy studs, what to look for, issues. Steele and I are taking a look at every single squad. And on tomorrow's episode, make sure you tune in. We're going to break down game two. Vegas flexing their muscle. What does Florida do in game three? We're going to tee up game three, big time bets. And on Friday's episode, returning special guest, Mr. Josh Wegman of The Score. So make sure you're tuning in for that. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. They make you look good. They make you feel good. And from the course to the clubhouse to the boardroom, they're those stretchy khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh, giving you that sculpted look that makes you feel comfortable and confident steel and i have been loving this i even gave a pair away to my my father-in-law steel he's rocking them every single day on the course and he's feeling it make sure you check yourself out and get a new pair of these fixed invented with knit fabric that looks just like khaki but it stretches out to make sure that you're comfortable wherever you go hit up birddogs.com today and make sure you're entering the promo code locked on nhl for a free yeti style tumbler with each order that's birddogs.com slash locked on nhl for a free yeti style tumbler you won't you won't want to take the bird dogs off we promise you just like steel and i that's right head to birddogs.com slash locked on nhl today and thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure you hit the subscribe, hit the follow button. We appreciate all the support you show us every single day. And here he is, the man himself, Gil Martin, host of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil, thank you so much for joining today. We have a ton of questions for you regarding the offseason, you know, the draft coming up, even next season with a couple of stars uh, and some contracts that happened over the last year. But how are you doing today? And uh, how you how you or what? You, how did you th- think the Islanders' uh, season went uh, this past year? Uh, I think it went about what I expected it to be. I figured they were going to be somewhere between seventh and tenth in the conference, either just make or just miss the playoffs. And if they won a round, that was going to be a bonus. So we didn't get the bonus, but we got the playoff berth, and you know. It, it didn't happen the way I necessarily yeah. expected it to, but it happened more or less what I expected to. Yeah, I was there as well. You know, I I had them, you know, before the season even began, Flip and I did our uh, preseason records. I had them finishing in a wild card spot first or second, and that ended up uh, panning out properly to what I thought. And, and you know, I, heading into the playoffs, I really thought that they had a really good chance at making a deep playoff run. I thought they easily could have won, or not easily, but they could have won that first round against the Hurricanes. You know, a few unfortunate bounces didn't go their way. The scores were so close, a couple of overtime. So I thought they played really well. I, you know, unfortunate again. Uh, before we talk or get to some of the the higher end players, you know, Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzell. I want your opinion on some of the depth players and the veteran players the Islanders have. Again, you know, Flip, Flip was just talking about some of the contracts uh, on salary cap, and he'll get to that a little bit later in the episode. But, uh, you know, just looking at the roster right now, the Islanders have one of the oldest teams in the league, you know, an average age of 29 years old. And, you know, looking at Paul Mary, Josh Bailey, Zach Parise, Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck, and a few others – Guys that they bring a certain, you know, obviously the identity line. I love the identity line of the third guys uh, or the third line guys. But, you know, putting up points of 
25, 30 points in 82 games. What do you think the Islanders need to do this offseason as well as look to the future in order to gain a little bit more speed and a little bit uh, more youth throughout their lineup? That's a big yeah, question, I mean, Jill. Big question. It's a good question, and my answer is probably not Lula Morello's answer. So that's uh, part of the problem. I mean, I've been saying on my show throughout the offseason, yeah. this team needs to get younger, faster, and add skill. But the cap being what it is and the way the contracts are laid out for this team, yeah. maybe they can make one move this offseason. Yeah. Maybe two is pushing it. But, I mean – I, I, I think Josh Bailey is on his way out. I think mm -hmm. that is more or less confirmed at Lou Lamorello's press conference today. Uh, and whether he's traded or bought out, you get a couple of million dollars extra in cap space one way versus the other. But even with all that, if you're going to re-sign some of your own guys, there's not a lot of room to bring in the two biggest needs I think this team has. I mean, you know, we, we could sit here and say, ideally, we need – but they need a puck-moving defenseman to help yeah. the transition game, mm -hmm. and they need another goal scorer to be better than 22nd in the league on offense and 30th on the power play. Yeah. I don't see how either of those necessarily happen with the cap constraints this team has right now. That's just it, Gil. And the other thing, too, is looking at Cap Friendly – shout out to our friends at Cap Friendly <laughs> – he's kind of backed himself into a corner here with some of these uh, contracts that they're going to have to handle. And you mentioned you see one or two moves, maybe three moves. They're just going to have to maybe ride or die and see what they're going to have to get done on the free agent market, some bargain bin type situations. I don't know what's going to happen here. Also, Simeon Varlamov, even though he is 35, he's going to command some good money as a backup that I don't see them being able to pay especially with one of the best goalies on the planet and Ilya Sorokin going to command some good money after next season. You know, they're going to need to throw him some cash. So I think they're going to need a goaltender as well. But my question here lies for you this way. I love Noah Dobson and I think he's a really good piece to kind of, you know, along with Romanov and some others really good. We know this team hangs its hat on the defensive end. Yeah. What do you think that you're mentioning one or two moves? Bailey's on his way out. That puck-moving defenseman, is that the biggest need? Because I think they're going to have to address backup goaltending, the blue line, and they need some scoring. They need help everywhere. Well, the backup goaltending may work out because there is a, a very good relationship between Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin. Mm. Varlamov has said, has said at getaway day on May 1st that he really likes being with the Islanders, feels comfortable here. And it sounds like he is willing to take less to stay on Long Island. So if they can get him for about two and a half million a year, he may be willing to do that, play 30 to 35 games. I think he's also being also a, a fellow Russian goaltender, right. both on and off the ice. He's mentoring or has mentored Ilya Sorokin. And I think that relationship will encourage Varlamov to stay. That being said, if he doesn't, there is nobody in the mm. system right now who is NHL ready to even be the backup. So, go. you know, they would have to go out and spend probably two to two and a half million on a backup goalie. And then you sort of wonder if it's not a quality backup. Well, yeah. You don't want Sorokin to play 70, 65, yeah. 70 games and then have nothing left in the tank come playoff time. So 
I think they can work out the backup goalie. I think Varlamov is likely to stay. But, again, I'll believe it when he signs on the dotted line. As far as the puck-moving defenseman, I think that should be priority one. Yeah, only too. because you mentioned this team hangs its hat on defense. One of the problems they've had over the course of the season is leaving their own zone and transitioning from defense to offense. You mentioned that you love Noah Dobson. I love him too, but in his own zone, I love him a lot less. Mm, good point. Uh, he turns the puck over a little bit too much, has difficulty with that transition. Get him into center ice or into the offensive zone. He is a great young talent who could still get better. But in his own zone, he leaves a little bit to be desired. He even regressed, I think, this year. True. Getting a guy who would just doesn't have to be flashy, but a guy who could either pass or skate mm -hmm. the puck out and get a clean transition from defense to offense, I, I think that has to be priority one because, A, that kind of player you can get for less money than a goal scorer. And B, it makes your strength stronger and your weakness a little stronger without spending as much money, which the Islanders just can't afford to do. So I would make that priority one. And then if you can get a goal scorer, I think you need to be a magician with a couple of trades and yeah. maybe LTIR or something that would have to come up. But Maybe you save that till the trade deadline where you yeah. see where the team is. If they're competitive, if you need that goal scorer at the trade deadline, you get a rental or you get a player and the cap hit is a lot less and you could probably afford to do it that way. So ideally working with all these limitations that the Islanders have, <laughs> that's how I would prioritize things. Sounds yeah. nice and easy, Gil. Nice and easy. No, no issues coming up. No, none I foresee. Yeah, definitely a lot of work in the offseason for the front management. You know, to your point there, Gil, uh, if that's number one priority for the Islanders this offseason, how do they even go about trying to acquire one of those top free agents or you know make a big blockbuster trade? I saw your episode the other day about how difficult it is to land a free, you know, a superstar free agent or even a big blockbuster trade to get them to come to the Long Island, New York Islanders. How do they even do that in the front office? Yeah, it's going to be tricky. You know, the Islanders have had more success with the trade and sign. Yeah. You look at Bo Horvat. They did that. JG Pajot, he was traded, signed. Kyle Palmieri traded to the Islanders, came here, liked it, signed the extension. So, I, I think that's the more likely way. If they're doing a free agent, I think it's a mid-tier kind of a guy. Yeah, uh, sure. Either a, a veteran who can do it for a couple of seasons or a younger player who has the potential to get better but hasn't really blossomed yet. And and you're talking about spending, you know, more in the three to four and a half million dollar range than you are the seven or eight million dollar range because they just can't afford to do it. Uh, yeah. I, I wish yeah. they could, but – Unfortunately, the cap management has not been great here. I call that the prototypical New York Islanders move. The mid-tier mid -tier guys band them all together. They got the goalie. Honestly, you know how much Steele and I, you know, I have come on this show, and he is the best goalie on the planet at times, Sorokin. So I think 
if you have a goaltender that good, you're always in the game, and he proved it at points during yeah. this season. But still, we got a lot more questions for Gil. Why don't you take us to break, and we'll come back and grill him a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, coming up next, we are going to talk about some high-valued fantasy hockey players and just superstars in the league. Matthew mm. Barzell and Bo Horvat, some chemistry they can get going for next year. But this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We have to pay the bills here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA and NHL playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right, $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. It's the easiest and safest sports betting app on the market, and they have great promotions every single day. I especially love using the popular same-game parlay feature. You know Flip and I love our same-game parlays mm-hmm. here. The hottest and spiciest parlays on the market. There's yes, no sir. better place to bet all the playoff action than num- than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure you tune in to Gil Martin, host of the Locked On Islanders as well. Follow all his YouTube, Spotify app, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just make sure you follow the man. He knows all of his Islanders stuff and hockey general news as well. Moving forward, though, Gil, the big question that I have for you, I got to talk about Matthew Barzell and Bo Horvat. You know, obviously... from the get-go, it was just difficult from Bo to get his foot under himself, trying to get some chemistry. I think that they what he got traded there. They played six games together. Matthew Barzell goes down to injury, so they couldn't really get the chemistry figured out. Obviously, uh, they had to buckle down and finish those last 25 games, and every single point mattered for them. But coming back to the playoffs, it looked like they haven't even met before. To me, anyways, they, they like first three games against the Hurricanes, they couldn't pass the puck, they couldn't break out properly together. And th- again, that's no fault to them. You know, it's always takes some time to get some chemistry going. But I am really, really high on both Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzell. I have them in my fantasy teams and in a, in a couple of different leagues. And you know, I, again, you were talking about this the other day. But for a guy who came into the Islanders, played 30 games, 16 points, okay season uh, with the Islanders, what are your expectations for both Barzell and Horvat playing on a line together next year? Could they potentially both put up 70-plus points? Because if Barzell's healthy, I know he can put up 60 60 assists alone. Or do you break him up, Gil? Do you break him up and split that up? See, here's the key to that. Lines are made of three players. Mm. And I think Barzal and Horvat would be a good twosome. But Anders Lee, who was predominantly the third yeah. guy on that line, his style is too similar to Bo Horvat's to make that line work effectively. Good point. They are both the kind of guys who will get in front of the net, who will get the tips and the rebounds and, and are not necessarily very fast afoot. Uh they were too similar to work well together. So to me, I would love to keep Barzal and Horvat on a line together if they could find a good third person to sort of finish off that line and make it work effectively, whether that could be Kyle Palmieri is a possibility, whether you look at uh, Oliver Wallstrom, if he's healthy again as a, as a possibility. There are a few players, uh, if Pierre Engvall re-signs, which we don't know if he is, he would give a little speed 
Steel's he's one favorite. of the few guys who could keep up with Matthew Barzal. So, you know, there are candidates out there. Mm-hmm. But to me, I would keep them together if you could find a third piece that makes it all click. Anders Lee, not his fault, just too similar stylistically yeah. to Bo Horvat, and I don't think it worked well. Yeah, very similar game. A very yeah, similar that's, style that's of game. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I saw ahead, your Sue. video the other day. I, I saw the video the other day. Uh, very similar styles of game. They both love that bumper spot. They love sitting in front of the net looking for deflections. I think as of right now, from looking at salary cap and just the lineup itself, I think Pierre Ang- if he does resign, Pierre Engvall is the way to go. Unless, again, they can sign uh, a mid-tier free agent left winger during the offseason, mm. which is already difficult in itself. But as it sits, I think Pierre Engvall just brings the speed uh, that they could bring on that first line and keep up with Horvat and Barzell. But just talking about the two themselves, the, you know, I, I think they could be one of the dangerous duos in the league, especially in the Eastern Conference in the Metro. I just ha- I have a ton of faith in Bo Horvat to continue getting that offense. It takes time to learn an entirely new uh, you know style of play under mm-hmm. uh, Lambert as well. And uh, you know, you talked about the differences between the Vancouver Canucks and New York Islanders. So just talk, you know, just solely focusing on Bo Horvat himself now. Do you think he can sort of live up to what he did back in Vancouver last year? You know, 55 games, mm. he had, what, 30 goals almost, uh, 50 points. So do you think he can get that going back with the New York Islanders moving forward? I think he can be very successful with the New York Islanders. I don't know if it'll quite be a point a game, though, just because of the way the Islanders system is geared. It's yeah. defense yep. first. And, exactly. I mean, if you even look at Matthew Barzal's statistics – his best statistical season is still his rookie year when Doug Waite was the coach and they were playing a much more wide open system. And he was the second line center behind John Tavares. So I I think, you know, if bars, if uh, Horvat was a 35 goal, 70 point kind of a guy in Vancouver, maybe he's a 25 to 30, 65 to Mm -hmm. point guy on long Island in this system now it could get better if you get that right third part of the line and the first six games the chemistry between horvat and barzal was looking pretty promising yeah. uh so give them a whole off season and, and a preseason and a training camp and a regular season i think those guys can work a lot of uh, of uh, good chemistry and and develop into a dangerous duo but I still don't necessarily think it'll be 35 goals for Bo Horvat in the Islanders system. I think it just doesn't, you know, as much as I really do love Bo Horvat's game and he does a little bit of everything well, you can run him out there in any any format, four-on-four, five-on-five, penalty kill, power play, you know, the last few minutes of the game, he is your guy to be out there. Is that going to translate into the same overall fantasy success and point production next season? I don't think so, just because he's also going to have to take on even more responsibility, in my opinion, than he did in Vancouver. They're going to count on him to win even more so in Long Island. So uh, big eyes on him. My eyes and my final question for you, Gil, because a lot of our listeners, we're trying to always get a leg up on some young pieces. You mentioned Oliver Wallstrom. I know they traded out. What is it? They trade out. Does uh, it Ratu in that deal? Was, yeah, that, yeah. was that so they, you know, what kind of prospects, if any, I know the cupboard is a little bit thin, 
even if you have one name to make an impact on the NHL level, even if it's a year down the road, is there any prospects or young players we should have our eyes on in the Islanders system? Two names I'm going to give you. <clears throat> the first one is uh, maybe the only guy who might be able to contribute something this year if he makes the team, mm. and that's Ruslan Ishkakov. Okay. He is uh, uh, he, I think he now. was on the second line at Bridgeport. The, the issue with Ishkakov is his size. He's a small player. He's got skill. The Islanders need skill. The, the thing is that Lou Lamorello uh, and Lane Lambert traditionally are reluctant to give a lot of responsibility to young players. Right. Uh, Wallstrom has seen that as an issue. We saw Dobson being brought along slowly. Ratu was mm. traded before he could really you know, become something. If they're willing to give Iskakov a chance, he could give them some more skill, some good passing. Uh, he may be a year away, but I think he has the best chance. And then the other player would be William Dufour, who is probably mm, yeah. another yeah. year away. He was a rookie last year at Bridgeport. I think that he will, you know, take a full season in the AHL and then probably be ready for 2024, 2025, where in training camp, he'll have a good shot of making the team. Keepers dynasty folks, keep your ears peeled. Thank you for your answers, Gil. Appreciate it. Steel, you got a last one for Gil? No, that covers everything. He, he answered all the questions I had and everything I had uh, mm -hmm. kind of Me in too. my brain for next fantasy season as well. Bull Horvat, a guy I'm it's thinking gonna about. It's going to be tough for the Islanders is what I'm taking it away will, from it. It will be tough, but there are some key guys. Obviously, Elias Sorokin, Noah Dobson, yep. Yep. Uh, Barzell, and Horvat, Anders Lee. There's a few guys up there that bring the mm -hmm. fantasy value mm -hmm. uh, to a lot of our teams. But, Gil, thank you so much for breaking down uh, some of the off-season and future things that are happening in the Islanders organization. Make sure you're tuning in to Locked On Islanders on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and follow Gil Martin on all of his socials. Make sure you follow the Fantasy Hockey Podcast as well. Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock in the morning Eastern time is when you can find our episodes. Again, thank you so much for tuning in for today. Have a great day. Good luck with all your bets out there if you have any. And we shall see you back here again tomorrow. Peace.